0: And welcome back to the High Low Sports Podcast. It is DJ joined by Kelsey's. We are now in our final division-by-division breakdown as we get ready for a kickoff of the NFL season. Now to the East, the NFC and AFC East, also known as the NFC East. last year as well, too, as many struggles they had. And that is where we're going to kick things off this week with the NFC East, brought to you by Dr. Squatch. Smell like a man, feel like a champion. Click on our link below and get some of that that Star Wars-inspired soaps before they run out as well, too, limited-time edition. Can't argue with any of them as well. We both tried out, so... Kelsey, how do you see the NFC East shaking out this year?
1: Well, first of all, they're going to need the soaps. They're going to need the deodorant. They're going to need the sprays. They're going to need all the Dr. Squatch gear to get that NFC trash can East mm-hmm. out of their, their, their blood from last year because uh, that was awful. That was awful. Last mm-hmm. year's NFC East was the worst division I have ever seen in football. I think it's safe to say. Um, and that's the history of all football. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you get an award for being bad, that's, that's last year. Um, but this year, obviously... Well, not a lot of things are going to change from top to bottom, <laughs> but they're going to look better in the record-wise. But eh, only one team gets out of here with a winning record, though. <laughs> it, it's like it's like Thunderdome. Four teams enter, one team leaves. Uh, that's kind of how this, ro- this rolls out. Uh, but there's a clear division from the last-place team to the rest of the division, at least. Uh, so that's where I'll start with number four, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Eagles, if you will. Uh, going four and 13 on the season.
0: I no somehow faith found four in Jalen hurts.
1: So I don't know where the four wins came from. I was sitting <laughs> there going through it and they just somehow happened to get four wins. Half of them came from their division. Go figure. <laughs> hmm. <laughs>
0: so you have no, uh, no faith in Eagles, Jalen Hurts and Devonte Smith.
1: Yeah, exactly like <laughs> you, we we talked about this last year with the fiasco that was their final regular season game and all the drama that happened from that. Jalen Hurts even not being, like, even him getting pulled and him not being okay with it. He was obviously angry on the sideline. Carson Wentz was angry on the sideline. Zach Ertz was angry on the sideline. Darius Slay was angry on the sideline. Jason Kelsey was angry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can go through every player on the team and say they were angry on the sideline. Um, The only one not angry on the sideline was Doug Peterson, and that's because he just didn't care anymore. Um, So, yeah, that was (laughs) how that shook out. And Doug Peterson not there anymore. Jalen Hurts taking over as the number one quarterback as Carson Wentz gets shipped off to Indy and for better or worse, Carson Wentz looks good in Indy so far. Jalen Hurts. There's some things that need to happen hmm. uh, for, for Philly. There's been talks of them reaching out to Houston for Deshaun. They seem to be the only player really left in the Deshaun sweepstakes at this point in time. Everybody else seems to be kind of stepping away or, or just riding with what they have. Uh, so Philadelphia, 4-13, and that's with Jalen Hurts. I didn't expect them to get Deshaun. If they get Deshaun, I don't think that helps them a whole lot. They still have some work to be done. Obviously, they had to carry on. I'm a big carry-on Johnson fan at running back, but that's a very clogged running back core now. It's not simple anymore. It's not just a simple one-man team. Yeah, uh, They need some help for sure. Um, and and uh, their offensive line, they're old, and they're not getting any younger. You haven't replaced any of them. You haven't gotten anybody working. Uh, I don't know how much longer Brandon Brooks can continue being the stalwart offensive player, offensive lineman that he is. I don't know how much longer Jason Kelsey can continue being the stalwart center that he is. Um, Lane Johnson, how much longer can he be on that team? I I, I don't know. Can he
0: play 10 games a a season anymore? Like what's going on? Like, yeah.
1: Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, there's that whole conundrum. Is Dallas Goddard the number one now and Zach Ertz the number two? Uh, Devontae Smith, there's been a lot of questions about obviously his size and so far in, In preseason, it's come to fruition. I mean, really the, the corners that have matched up against him have been beating him up at this point in time. So. To the point where he's injured at this point too. So. Yeah. Like at this point, what do you, what can you expect from this team going forward? And my answer is a whole, not a whole lot. At least they're not keeping 15 linebackers on the roster this time.
0: Hey, progress.
1: <laughs> but you forgot to get offensive linemen again. And that's a start. Hmm. Um, Yeah, I feel bad for Fletcher Cox. I feel bad for Darius Slay. You know, Zach Ertz. There's guys on this team that deserve better. But this franchise seems to keep floundering right now ever since I'd say that one fluke Super Bowl run. I don't think you can call it anything other than a fluke because the history before and the history after so that they haven't been a very good team since then. Um, it's just the the way things shook out that season. They got on the perfect run. They got on the perfect hot streak at the right time. And that's, they ran the table. And yeah, I don't, yeah, this. <sighs> I All right, like so I'm,
0: Eagles, not very good.
1: I feel like I'm just beating up on the Eagles right now. But so I'm sorry, Eagles fans, <laughs> if you're out there listening to us, you probably hate me anyways, because I feel like every time I talk about the Eagles, I, I talk bad about them.
0: <laughs> yeah you're not exactly a glowing review for them too so who do you have going in number three then since you clearly haven't established the eagles are the seller
1: dweller for you right now yeah so number three doubling up the win total of the eagles <laughs> and the only reason they didn't get higher is because of quarterback issues and that is the washington football team at eight and nine.
0: Oh, okay it's a washington they
1: tie with the new york giants at eight and nine they both split the season series and it comes down to the next tiebreaker that puts them at third. Unfortunately, all the great things I'm about to say about their defense and all the young talent they have at receiver and running back and the couple good pieces they have on their offensive line mean absolutely nothing when the Fitzmagic runs out. Because it does run out. We've seen it year after year after year with Fitzmagic. It will run out. Can Taylor Heinecke sustain them to a I'd say you get four wins out of Fitzmagic before it runs out. Can Heineke give you the next four wins or more? I don't see him giving you more than four through their their, their, their schedule because they don't have a very friendly schedule this season. It's it's not the easiest schedule in this NFC East. Uh, it's a little better than last year. They're not going through as much of a gauntlet, but they are still going through a relatively gauntlet-y season. Um, so Washington, obviously, their defense is fantastic. Everything about their defense is excellent. I don't, I think maybe you can say, look at the corners and be like, maybe they can step up a little bit more. Maybe look at at, at safety and be like, I think you could do a little bit better. I think those are the positions, but that defensive line makes up for all of those holes. That defensive line is terrifying, absolutely terrifying. And obviously led by Chase Young, who I have been very critical of in the past. And I have learned my lesson because that man is terrifying. And, he proved it. He, he proved he is a legit player last year. And I said, if he could prove it, I would take it back. And I take it back. You are a legit player, Chase Young, go do it again this season because your team needs you to. That's, that's really what it is. You know, this whole team is going to be reliant on the Chase Young factor because it opens up everything for the rest of the linemen. Talk about Montez Sweat getting better last year. That's, that was huge. Everybody else is getting better on this defense going forward. And, and if they can sustain that, they can easily get an eight, nine, Uh, the big question though is that quarterback issue can you resolve that if you can resolve that this team could finish first in the division it is not a far stretch to say that they could finish first in the division at all and they could do so with a a plus 500 record but they need to figure out their quarterback issues once the fitz magic runs out because it does it inevitably runs out but that puts me to number two those new york football giants the team that probably deserved to go to the playoffs last year uh, and out of all the teams and, and look the best at the end at the right time to go to the playoffs. Uh, Darius Slayton still a fantastic option. Sterling Shepard. We started to see flashes of him returning. You know, you see a little bit of Daniel Jones here and there getting comfortable, but then you see bad Daniel Jones just as fast. So he is still a conundrum with that team. Their offensive line is getting better. Still young, still still have some, have some kinks to work out there. Um, but You get the return of Saquad's, and that makes up for a lot of issues. However, again, like last year, the big thing is, can you keep enough pressure off of him to let him play 17 games? That'll be the question for this Giants team. That's why I have him finishing at 8-9 as well. Um, As I said, they split the season series with Washington, and that's the difference in all of this. Uh, Defense, they do look good defensively. It's not great defensively. It's not as good as Washington defensively, but the offense for the New York Giants make up for the defensive woes for the New York Giants, uh, and you know we'll see what they're able to do continuously long term. But I do, I do like the Giants, but I don't like them as much as I, honestly. I, I thought Washington would finish ahead of them if it didn't come down to the tiebreakers. I think Washington finishes ahead of them, but that quarterback issue in Washington just just makes me hesitate. But there's an equally big quarterback issue in New York, and we can't overlook it anymore. Daniel Jones is, is so hit and miss. It's kind of crazy. It's embarrassing almost to some degree because the dude can look fantastic. He can in one play, he can juke a defender, take the ball, run it 75 yards downfield and then equally look the most unathletic. Once he hits the 20 yard line and then tumble for 15 yards to fall down sort of the end zone and then gets touched. He can't get back up to get in the end zone. (laughs) Like, how un- I, I, it was so unfortunate to watch that play last year and just like you're just sitting there like, wow, how unlucky is that? And let's not forget, Daniel Jones, at one point in time, led this team in rushing in the season. So there's some things that have to be worked out for this New York Giants team, and I feel like it starts with Daniel Jones' arm and his, his ball control. Uh, so that leads me to if number you're, one.
0: Hypothetically, if you're... Hypothetically, if you're both teams, the Giants and Washington, who would you rather have you could pick between either one, Daniel Jones or Fitzpatrick? Taylor Heineke? (laughs) (laughs) Touche.
1: I think that's my honest answer because I think there's a lot going well with Taylor Heineke. Like what we saw with him in the playoffs with a torn AC or with a separated AC joint, that was a fantastic play all year. Like for players coming in to play, especially injured players coming in or coming in for injuries late in the season, especially in the playoffs you put it in, his effort in that game was second to none. I mean, you can't take anything away from what Taylor Heineke put on the line to get them there. He looked, he looked really good. How much has he recovered from that separated AC joint is really gonna be the question for this team. Like, that's why they're starting with Fitzpatrick, I feel like, is because that AC joint is still an issue. And then, cause it never really goes away. It's not something you can go in and just like, it goes away magically through surgery. Like it will keep coming back. It's a, it's a wear and tear issue, not a cleanup because it got dislocated issue. It's is a wear and tear issue. And so it'll re it'll keep coming back as long as he keeps playing. So it's how much can he deal with the pain? How much can he deal with all that? That'll be the big issue for, for, for Taylor Heineke. But that's why I, I, I'm so torn between the two. It's <laughs> like, I was like eight and nine felt like a good, good compromise between the two of them. Like, here you go. One of you can easily go to get a 10 win, 10 win season. The other one stays here.
0: That works. But that leaves us to your number one team here, which if I'm not mistaken, that seems to be the team down in Dallas. You have taken the division.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not happy about it again this season. (laughs)
0: Last
1: season though, I picked them 13 to three. This season, I learned my lesson. I went 10 and seven this year with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I I docked them some games because I still don't trust Trayvon Diggs out there on the, uh, on an Island as a corner. But the rest of their defense, looking pretty good on paper. Micah Parsons looking pretty good on paper. But Jabril Cox also looking good on paper. But, again, they looked great on paper last year, and I was proven very wrong very fast. And it started with, with Dax injury even before that, even before Dax injury. I mean, they were still struggling. Um, can they clean up the, the, the turnover woes is, is number one. You cannot fumble the ball 11 times in your first four games and expect to win those four games. I like, guess it's just that simple. I, I mean, it, what, what Zeke did turning it over was awful. Then you compound that with Dak's injury after, even when he was injured two weeks later, he was still leading the league in passing yards. Like obviously he was doing well passing wise. He deserved the contract extension, as we talked about before, when we talked about Cleveland with Baker, Dak deserved a contract extension. It was that conundrum of, do you pay him X amount of money like a top tier guy, or do you pay him because you just don't want to see him walk? And at the end of the day, you can't see him walk. Like, if Dak had walked, this Cowboys team is right where the Eagles are, in my eyes. I, I look at them at 4 13, and that's a positive looking at them as 4 13. Um, I do have a lot of questions of whether they can sustain their, their talent. Like, you know, they. <sighs> it's it's a big 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 difference between on paper and what they put on the field last year and that's what scares me this year as well can what's on paper turn into what's on the field mike mccarthy still scares the living daylights (laughs) out of me as a coach because i just don't think he's a good coach i think he rode the coattails of aaron Rodgers. i think i i haven't been shy about saying that in the entire time he's been managing been in charge of the cowboys i you know it's it is how it is, and I I just think I think this is going to be a case of Dak being healthy, and we saw it a little bit last year where he was making the comebacks again, but they actually meant something. The yards he was gaining last year meant something to the final score, but they just came too late after too many early turnovers, and it was almost like the first-half script was the whole first half, and then, then it was the second half was, all right, well, what was good for the first half, and then Dak make things happen. <laughs> That's what before the injury. That's how it looked. And the first half was not good. And they said Mike McCarthy would not be involved in plays, but he's involved in the scheduling of the plays, like in the in the scripting of the plays. So if they went by a script, Mike McCarthy was calling the plays. Let Kellen Moore do it. He's a high-quality offensive coordinator. Let him run the offense and you'll be fine. This this Dallas team may finish 500, but I am about as low as it can be on the Cowboys' hopes going forward and and that's just because i don't trust mike mccarthy as a coach i i think he's not the greatest coach in the world and if he gets involved with any offensive play calling it will not go over well
0: all right so you basically have a reluctant cowboys taking the division because you have to pick somebody basically
1: somebody had to win more games than they lost in this division (laughs) and that was the team that won the won the the coin flip
0: okay i see how you play that out too it i kind of agree with you in the nfc East, not being very good i have one team winning double digits i have two teams above 500 but it's not very good overall as well too you're i'll nice start to at try. the bottom what was that
1: you're nicer than i am
0: i mean i had to be eventually considering how the last few of them i was the stickler so i guess now i get to be more generous so <laughs> i have the giants finishing at 5 and 12 i don't think they're gonna be very good they have a plethora of talents but that danny that daniel jones conundrum that's still a thing. He is very hit or miss. One minute, like you mentioned, he'll throw a really nice pass. Then he'll throw an interception to a defensive tackle in the next play. His decision-making has not improved. He's going to have to take a giant leap this year, honestly, for things to change. The offensive line is all right. It's not terrible. It still has some work to do. I think that's going to hurt Saquon as well, too. It's going to be similar to the Najee Harris thing. His base impact will probably be in the passing game. I like Kenny Galladay bringing him in, but he's already dinged up. Darius Slayton and Kadarius Toney. Sterling Shepard, they got weapons outside. Can they all stay healthy? I mean, that's a lot of injury-prone between with Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay, that sort of thing as well, too. Evan Ingram, we'll see if he can continue to improve. Defensively, top 10 defense last year, if I'm not mistaken, maybe 10 or 11. Leonard Williams, getting paid and deservingly so, one of the most underrated D linemen in the game. Jack, James Bradbury, same story, a corner. Everything else, though, there's still some question marks around, all around there as well, too. I'm not, with how many times Daniel Jones turns it over, you need an elite defense to counteract that. And I think as good as this defense is, they can't counteract that. Hypothetically, if you put this defense with the Cowboys' offense of last year or, like, if you combine them last year, use last year's Giants' defense with last year's Cowboys' offense before Dak got hurt. Playoff team comfortably, too. Not even squeaking in. Like, that's a really good team. I just think they're going to have a lot of turnovers. They're going to have to make up for and they're not going to be able to overcome it. And I think you're going to see somewhere during the season, they're saying like, damn, Daniel, you might not be our guy after all. And They're going to start weighing their options as well, too. They're His decision-making just hasn't improved. He doesn't have that extra X factor. When he makes a mistake, it feels like the game is over, honestly. It doesn't feel like he could bounce back from it. We've seen plenty of quarterbacks make mistakes and rebound from it. Phil Rivers has made a lot of mistakes. He always rebounds from it. Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, Brett Favre, all those guys that throw higher interceptions, we always, you never feel like it's the end of the world when they throw it. It's just like, ugh. But with Daniel, it feels like as soon as he makes a mistake, it's over. And the amount of times he fumbles, my lord. I mean, we talk about Carson Wentz's turnover issues, especially with fumbling in his career but, and last year. A lot of those games, they did kind of claw back into him I mean, against the Browns. They were into it. Then the Browns closed down in the end. Against the Ravens, he almost climbs back. Then it's over as well, too. And you never, when he threw those bad picks, it was like, well, that was stupid, but it's never the game's over. With Daniel, it feels like as soon as he makes a mistake, the game's over every single time. So I think this is going to be, the Giants are going to have some real soul searching to do during at the end of the season. I have them going five and 12. Not very good but to match that as well, too. I agree with you on the Eagles not being very good for a lot of the same reasons. They're going to go 5-12 and 12 as well. There is no offensive. There is not a much offensive line there. Zach Ertz as, as blatantly does not want to be there. They just can't seem to find a way to trade him. Dallas Goddard, pretty solid tight end as well, too. We'll see how he'll be as that more number one tight end role. Devontae Smith, I like him a lot, but the injury thing, and it's not a past quarterback-friendly offense as we can see right now. Jalen Rager, we'll see if he can take that next step and be explosive because that might help things out a lot. Jalen Hurts has he made that next step as a passer to be more consistently accurate and on schedule, not just the occasional explosive play? We'll have to wait and see. Defensively, it's a uh, Fletcher Cox and Darius Slay and everybody else. Uh,
2: eh,
0: I, like there's not a lot. There's not a lot to be to look forward to on that defensive line. It's old. It's, it's geriatric. It's falling apart. There's not a lot to root for if you're the Eagles, and I think they're gonna fall into the conundrum of they win just too many games to get that really early pick that they need yet again, kind of like last year as well too. So they're kind of stuck in that weird spot, just like the Giants. Both teams, eh, it's not good. It's not good, and they just can't quite be bad enough to get that number one or number two pick. They're stuck in no man's land, basically. So that moves me on to the Dallas Cowboys finishing 9-8, and just above five hundred as well, too. I like a lot of things they actually have done. They have way too many linebackers. Like They have way too many. I mean, Micah Parsons, Jabril Cox, two guys we had in on the top 35 of our big board, going with. Jalen Smith and Leighton Vanderesh, and you brought in Keanu Neal to play linebackers. How you brought in one of those, something's going to give there, unless you're going to run five linebackers. I know Micah Parsons has done some edge rushing work. Maybe they do use Keanu Neal as like an in the box safety that also backs up. Maybe they find a way to make it work. But I like that linebacking core with, my, with guys like that. I like a lot of those guys. I was high on Jabril Cox. Micah Parsons is a freak. Jalen Smith is oftentimes out of position, but still a tackling machine. Lane Vandresch will probably only give you five games, so that'll solve itself, honestly, in that regard. DeMarcus Lawrence, you need franchise tag DeMarcus Lawrence, and you will have a pass rush taken. I love the Malik Hooker signing if he can stay healthy. I think, honestly, if you can guarantee me he plays 17 games, I might give him 10 wins. His ability to play center field and just roam, his ability to be a natural ball hawk and just be around the ball, I think if you could guarantee me he plays even 15 games, I'd give the Cowboys one more win. Just because even with, like you mentioned, Trayvon Diggs on an island is very, very uncomfortable. But having Malik Cook over the top is a lot more comforting, especially if he can stay healthy. So I like a lot of those things. The D tackle situation, not a big fan of. There's a lot of room to run straight up the gut there. And if you could, and DeMarcus Lawrence, if we had franchise tag DeMarcus Lawrence, that's different. But we haven't, since he got paid, he hasn't quite been the same. Micah Parsons, can he come off the edge? We'll have to wait and see. He's very explosive. He can do some freaky things, but we'll have to see. Jalen Smith, I like Jabril Cox. I think those two are going to be really nice. We'll We'll see how that plays out offensively the receiving core is one of the best in the league on paper i mean Ceedee lamb amari cooper michael gallup if zeke cannot fumble the football he's still really good when he's not fumbling which unfortunately the fumble thing will get you but when he if you if he fumbles in the first quarter and you know he won't fumble the rest of the way he's good the rest of the way he's got to you know pick the time when that happens it's when he fumbled three times against atlanta and situationally that could be a problem. tight end they not a great in the tight end spot, but not terrible. The offensive line, if they can stay healthy, they're still good enough. Tyron Smith is nice. Zach Martin, like they still have guys. They're not the same offensive line that ran a rub shot over the league for four or five years, but they're good enough for, to let Datches go around, throw it all over the yard, get enough room for Zeke. like, And getting Zeke and Tony Pollard involved in the passing game. And like, there's some, there's some hope there. I just, I have too many questions as a problem. Like the questions why I can't give them much more. They benefit from playing the Eagles and the Giants twice. They'll win three out of those four games, if not all four of them, honestly. And they might even split with who I have number one in Washington. I'm going 10 and seven. I think the Fitz magic goes a little bit longer than normal this year because of how easy it should be to play quarterback for this team. When you have Antonio Gibson at running back along with some other guys, Terry McLaurin, the mo- one of the most underrated receivers in the game, bringing in Curtis Samuel, a very versatile guy who played running back at Ohio state and turned himself into a free agent commodity, at receiver. Logan Thomas, it was all of a sudden a viable tight end. I, who would have thought that when Bruce Arians drafted him as a quarterback, this is where he'd be. A pretty good offensive line. A good coaching staff. Ron Rivera is the head coach as well, too. You mentioned that defensive line, best defensive line in the league, arguably. I like Jamin Davis, the linebacker, adding to that as well. Defensive backfield getting better, bringing in William Jackson. Like That defense is going to be top 10 for almost for sure. I think Fitzmatrick will give you a five to seven games before it windles out. Maybe Taylor Heineke comes in. I also wouldn't be surprised if they brought in Teddy Bridgewater, Nick Foles, someone like that, the trade deadline maybe, just to kind of bounce out the back end, something like that. Obviously, we can't really account for trades. But I'm going to say there's a good chance that could possibly happen to go along with Taylor Heineke. Or maybe the Fitzmatrick just doesn't run out this year because he doesn't get benched after a bad game like last year. And Tua came in and did just fine for bits and pieces before they turned into that carousel. Maybe he avoids the carousel this year, and that makes him better. Honestly, it's because they're in the MCs. They're gonna get that's why I'm getting 10 wins with that defense, basically. And Fitzmagic Magic in his Twilight Year is able to just kind of hold on to that job a little bit longer, or Taylor Heineke, or something. They've one of the few teams that could find a way to win with just not bad quarterback play. We talked about other teams need a game manager. Washington just doesn't need a game destroyer at this point. It can even be lower than game manager. You just can't fully implode, especially when you have basically four to six guaranteed wins like. I have them going four and two in the division, just like the Cowboys going four and two. Like, those are there's some really easy wins there that they should be able to capitalize on. But I can see those two flip flopping at the top. I think we're both kind of in agreement who to the top two teams will most likely be with Washington and Dallas. I know you gave the Giants a few more wins, but like, it's a really bad division, if we're being honest, still.
1: Yeah. It's it, look, they're, they're going to eat themselves, is kind of the way it goes. And, uh, you know, I, I did want to, you know, go back to something you mentioned the Malik Hooker pickup by Dallas. You talked about how he's, if he can play 17 games, you think they could win 10 games. Would that change who finishes the top of the NFC East for you? Do you think Dallas will take the top of the division? If Malik Hooker can give you
0: 17? 100%. If he could guarantee me 17, if you can give me 15 of them, and the only games he misses are like games they were probably going to lose anyway, like when they play the Chiefs or something like that. like then Then I would have no, I like Malik Hooker a lot. I think if he could stay healthy, he would still be on the Colts, for example. Like I think the only reason he didn't get stay there is because you couldn't rely on him really. That was the only problem. Is he's very, his health is very unreliable, and he's, he's a really skinny, like I don't want to say a frail guy, but like playing safety and hitting people, it's just, it's unfortunate his body doesn't hold up to some a lot of the tackles sometimes, and he just, he has the most unfortunate luck. Maybe if that is our the unfortunate part is run out and he's going to be healthy for the rest of his career, but that's a really good pickup from Dallas, and I like Jabril Cox a lot. Micah Parsons I think is going to make some plays, but. There's still some questions on defense, and I want to know if Dax last year's ridiculous stats will translate to not empty calories this year. I want to see if Zeke can not fumble the ball. Although I also Ceedee Lamb in his year two with a full off season, that he's going to be the number two receiver. He might be looking at Marty Kubeck. Like, I'm coming for you. Like that's there's a lot of things to be positive for on the Cowboys. There's just so many question marks. Where Washington, the only question mark is when does Fitz Magic run out, and do we see Taylor Heineke? And can Taylor Heineke not implode basically?
1: Yeah. And and I also want to ask you about Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel, obviously, you talked about him him making himself a free agent commodity, running back at at Ohio State, receiver. He can do it all offensively. How big of an impact do you think he's going to have on this offense? Like, is he going to be that Percy Harvin game changer? Or is he going to be a Tavon Austin level? Good enough, but not great. And I get
0: something in the middle. I think he's still going to mostly do it as a receiver. That's where he is kind of in the NFL, but he can give you some weird end around things like we saw with Carolina last year, motion handed off to him, like fake the end around, get Antonio Gibson out in the flat, maybe fake the screen. To Antonio Gibson, throw a screen to Curtis Sam. Like he just gives you a little bit of versatility that will open things up more importantly for Terry McLaurin. So he's not facing quadruple coverage every single play. I think that's going to be his biggest factors. Just get in the ball in space, just ways you could find that as well, too, to take pressure off those other two guys, which, Terry McLaurin's an emerging superstar. If he could have any sort of consistent quarterback play, look out everybody else. Antonio Gibson, I think he is going to be very, very, very good. Last year, he had his coming out party. Ironically, on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys. But throughout the season, he was he's a really, really good player. So there's just a lot to like. That quarterback thing is a question mark. But I think Fitzpatrick is so veteran enough that you can just get midway through the season with him before you have to bench him. Or if he could just be okay throughout the season as well, too. That's the, it's a lot fewer question marks. I guess if Dallas had fewer question marks, I'd feel better about taking them. They just have so many more question marks than Washington, even though Washington does have the biggest question mark. Yeah, that's true. Uh,
1: I, and then I, I just, so Curtis Samuel, Antoine Randall-esque, check.
0: Something similar into that regard as well, too. <laughs> some, some weird version of that, yeah.
1: Awesome. All right, well, that'll take us over to the other half of the league. That is the AFC East. The surprise Buffalo Bills last year took the AFC East and the Miami Dolphins were my pick to go and win the AFC East. I was just maybe a season ahead. I don't know. We'll have to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, the New England Patriots obviously missing the playoffs for the first time since Tom Brady was took over. Since
0: 2002.
1: I'm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the Jets were the Jets uh, yeah. is the best way to put that. So obviously the AFC East predictions brought to you by Swift Lifestyles. If you haven't checked them out already, go check them out clean energy fuel for you to get ready as one of the only clean energy fuels out there so be sure to go check it out swiftlifestyles.com while you're there hit the coupon code Sports for 15% off and go get yourself a shaker your bottle and some brand new flavors to try bubble gum blue raz, absolutely fantastic and then you know maybe one day you guys can help us get our own flavor uh, and that would be yeah. even
0: You get a, and you get a coupon code with high, low sports as well, too. So you can try it for a little bit of a discounted price as well, too. It's really high quality and it doesn't make you itch. Like a lot of pre-workouts kind of tend to do as well, too. So would highly recommend if you don't like it, you're not even paying full price for it. So go ahead and drop that coupon code down below and give it a try. You probably won't hate it.
2: of a winner exactly.
1: so afc east rankings dj what do you got
2: and the afc east is definitely an interesting
0: one it went from having the one of the longest tenured quarterbacks of all time in tom brady to having a bunch of kids quarterbacking every single one of the every single one of the teams josh allen is the the senior citizen of the group it's all you need to know josh allen to uh mac jones zach wilson all kids leading the way but that, that leads me to unfortunately for zach wilson he's going to get the bottom end of this stick i see the jets going three and 14 so far this season not because of Zach Wilson. They'd had a fantastic draft. Getting him at number two, Elijah Vera Tucker, Elijah Moore, Carter, the running back from North Carolina. Like they did a great job. The problem is, you're going against you're in an arms race where everyone else has nukes and you got a sword. As cool as yours looks, you still got a ways to go, unfortunately. So I think the Jets, they're going to go about three and 14. They're going to be more competitive than that against some of the mid level teams. They'll be really competitive. They'll probably get really close to winning a few games, but just kind of lack that extra little something something but i think it's gonna be a rough season for them but they're about a year maybe two away they'll look kind of like what we see the bills doing in the last few years as well too they're on the come up real quickly as well and i think zach Wilson will have a pretty decent season i just think you're there's not a whole lot to work with their form unfortunately as well too and they're still climbing so jets bringing up the rear at 14 and now in third place i had the patriots going 10 and 7 so getting back into the double digit win column led by the rookie mac jones Take, starting from week one as well, too. Belichick really liked what he saw, I guess, and decided not to roll with Cam Newton. So we'll see if it's a revert back to the Tom Brady offense of one, two, three, quick throw to the flats or screen passes that go for 50 yards again. We'll see how they make it work. But they did a fantastic job in the offseason, retooling the offense, bringing in the dual versatile tight ends, bringing in guys like Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, good route runners, guys, that can make some plays. Running back-wise, you did get rid of Sonny Michel, but that was kind of that was riding on the wall. He was pretty... He wasn't getting a whole lot of burden the last year or so, so we'll see what they end up doing running back. I imagine James White as well too. They'll they'll figure it out. DeMichael Harris, eh, not Michael Harris. De, they'll figure it. They'll they'll figure it out. So they'll be they'll be okay at running back. And so I think that'll lead to ten and seven, especially with all the guys coming back off the COVID list from last year. I believe that eight or nine last year that sat, decided to sit out. So not only did you have a pretty good draft, but you're bringing in all of that as well. And we'll see if Stephon Gilmore is able to when he's able to come off the and unable to perform list. Him and JC Jackson is a fantastic combo. JC Jackson really showed up and showed out last year. So give me the Patriots at 10 and seven, just, just missing out on the playoffs, even with 10 wins as well, Too a little spoiler to our next episode when we do playoff layout, but I don't, I think they ended up missing it just because honestly, the rookie quarterback woes are going to kind of kick in for him a little bit this year. He's going to maybe if they would have kept Cam, maybe they won a couple more games this year. They're just kind of kicking into Mac Jones a little early. We'll see how we adjust as well and get things going, but, it's still gonna be a ten win season for the Patriots.
1: Oh, oh no! A rookie quarterback gets you ten wins. How, how sad for you. you?
0: poor things. Oh no! Whatever will they do without it? And that'll lead me to the Miami Dolphins, a team that I loved everything they did in the offseason, going twelve and five. I think they're going to be a fantastic team this year, even with. I want. I don't want to say Tua's limitations because it may sound like I'm insulting, but there are certain things that he doesn't. He doesn't have that Justin Herbert that. Josh Allen, those type of things to him. He's a very good quarterback who now has Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddell out, out wide. You give him Gesicki, a young building offensive line. That defensive secondary is among the top three or four in the league, arguably. With Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, Noah Anatomy. They, they're loaded, honestly. Like they're absolutely loaded. And their front seven can't get after it. They're still missing a couple of pieces, a few X Factor type pieces, I think. They'll get them this division, but 12 and 5 is going to win them for. A lot of other divisions. I mean, if you put them in just about any other division, they'd win the NFC East, which we'll talk about as well too. They probably win the a, a lot a lot of the other divisions at twelve and five. I think they're going to be really really solid team. I think two is going to show why he has that job unless they trade for Deshaun Watson. Then this might flip everything on its head. But as of right now, with two at the helm, I still seem going twelve and five. And if they do trade for Deshaun, we'll see if he even plays or how that whole mess works out. But that's a whole not That's a story for another day that we'll cover that when we get to it. But that leads to the Bills. Taking the top of the division and the top of the AFC for me at 14 and 3. They will get the tiebreaker of the Chiefs, who I've also have the 14 and three. So the Bills will be your number one seed AFC for me. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. Now we bring in Emmanuel Sanders is that number two guy to play on the outside with Cole Beasley in the slot if he, you know, gets his shot. And then you have the running back core with Mike with Devin Singletary. You got Matt Barita as well too to add a little bit of speed. Zach Moss coming back. They drafted Greg Roos. So a really underrated pick at 30 as well as Basham, too, to really sure up that defensive line in that front seven with that Oliver. Matt Milano, Tremaine Edmonds, and that secondary is another really good secondary. Micah Hyde, Tredavious White, Jordan Poyer, Taron Johnson we saw as well, too, in that playoff run. They got guys all over. They got dudes. That's pretty much the best way to describe the Bills is they just got dudes everywhere. So I think they're going to be fantastic. Number one seed in the AFC. Josh Allen's going to continue to Josh Allen and do what he does. Him and Stephon Diggs will be one of the most lethal duos in the game. So that's how I was shaking as Bills, Dolphins, Pats Jets, three teams with double digit wins. So v- kind of similar to last year as well, too, but even better. One of the better divisions in football. And unfortunately, the Jets, while they're a pretty good team, they're gonna get the short end of the stick on this one. Whereas the Bills are gonna go on an absolute buzzsaw through just about everybody.
1: Yeah. No, that looks good. I mean, I, I I'm kind of I can't 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 lie. I'm kind of shocked you have uh, Mac Jones rated so highly for the Patriots. Uh, it's so a
0: very that's... simple job for a young quarterback with this skill set where you just have to one, two, three, get the ball to a tight end. One, two, three, throw a screen pass. It's a very simple offense from him. It's not like he's gonna be carrying the load. There's a reason Belichick picked him. It's like, just don't get in the way. That's pretty much his job. And I think he's gonna do that pretty well for him.
1: Nah, fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, well, that leads to my AFC East picks. And well, I'm gonna start from the bottom, work my way up as well. Uh, and then mine's gonna look a lot lot a lot, lot of similarities to your list, uh, different records though. But New York Jets take up the bottom of the, the barrel. They're gonna end up four and thirteen. So not your three and fourteen. The four and thirteen, they're gonna get one extra win in there. Just just from that offensive uh, skill team. They're going to be able to win them some games, but they got a lot of young rookies. They got a lot of talent there that are young players. The biggest problem is you had a whole lot more holes than your eight different draft picks can fill. Uh, You had about 30 holes you needed to fill with eight draft picks. Like that doesn't, that's not going to be good enough. Um, Definitely not
0: an overnight job there, New York. That was Robert Saul walked in there knowing darn well that this is, this is step one of like a seven step process.
1: Yeah. Like, this is one of those cases where they give you a three-year contract and you know that third year you're going to be finally turning things around. Like, your second year is going to look pretty good. Your first year is going to probably look bad, like they, like I haven't projected at 4-13. and 13. But that third year is going to be key for this Jets team. Um, if they keep having drafts like they had, I don't see any reason why they can't succeed uh, even sooner than expected. I wouldn't be surprised if next year they're a 500 team or above 500 team. Um, just They're that good of a talented team th- this young age. I do worry a little bit of – how putting Zach Wilson out there, considering he does have one half of the line that looks good, the other half of the line, well, oh crap, that's a whole lot of holes. So the left
0: side's a wall, the right side is wet tissue paper. So you, always stare right to see where the
2: blitz is coming
1: from. It's honestly, it's 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 might as well just be a cloud of air and and dust, and just hoping hoping something stops somebody. Um, thankfully, Zach Wilson is a very athletic quarterback, so he's able to get out of the pocket and make moves that will definitely help his longevity in, in, in this Jets program. Just hopefully he doesn't take too many hits this first year um, and face the uh, the curse that is Sam Darnold and pretty much any young quarterback that takes too many hits as a young young age, uh, but that'll lead me to number three. And with the move of cutting Cam in preseason, going to Mac Jones kind of didn't surprise me. I honestly have him still ranked the exact same as if Cam was leading this offense, mostly because of the defense. Give me nine and eight in this one for the New England Patriots. Uh, look, this—you're exactly right. Everything Mac Jones is needs to do for this offense is very simple. It's what he does best. It's timing routes. It's purely just getting the ball out on time to my guys. They'll be there. Professional receivers will be at their spot on their at, at that given time every single time. You see what they were doing in preseason. It was a lot of curls, a lot of out routes, quick outs, something stuff that didn't require him to really do much reading. It just required. You know, hit your steps, get the ball out in time and make sure you're not throwing to an under coverage type of person, uh, a couple of seam routes here and there. So he looked good His big worry, obviously, can he avoid the sacks? A lot of those had to do with, though, dealing with the second unit offensive line for the Patriots, not as good as their first unit, which is slightly above average in the NFL. Like, let's not get ourselves are not great anymore, but they are still slightly above average. Uh,
0: one of the, I think it was ESPN rated them as a top 10 offensive line too, and they did offensive line ranking. So six in one and half a dozen the other. But I agree with you. Above average is a good rating for them right now until proven otherwise.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're definitely not the greatest, but they are definitely, yeah, a top third of the league, you could easily say. Um, Zach Wilson that, would love
0: like, to have that offensive line, at least the right side of it.
1: Yeah, no, that is for sure. Um, and, and, you know, he is obviously the training of Sony Michelle. I think that's going to be great for the Rams, for the Patriots. It's great for you because, well, he was just going to be, you know, extra – Space taking up on your roster, so cutting it down to Damian Harris and uh, James White. Obviously, should have been pr- uh, uh, Super Bowl MVP, James White, hmm. along with Damian Harris. Um, there's a whole lot of Alabama in that backfield now, and then there's James White. So, hmm. <laughs> it's uh, look, Damian Harris is a fantastic running back. I'm not going to take anything away from him. He's he's probably going to lead the be the leading horse in that backfield with James White taking a lot of the little the the pass receptions from that that offense. Um, and any tosses he'll definitely take there, but you're exactly right with it, with the Patriots retooling defensively from just everybody coming back from the COVID list. It, it's a matter of time before the Patriots are the Patriots that we remember. Unfortunately, if watch them just kind of, decide, your
0: watch Bill Belichick decide to mess around and sign Todd Gurley just to add to that running backfield now too, just, just for the name value as well too.
1: Yeah. You know, it, who knows? It's, it, <laughs> it is an interesting thing to look at this team and, and on offense. There are no big names on offense. I mean, your biggest name is probably Hunter Henry and John O. Smith. Your two tight ends which is what harken back to one of their deadliest offenses they've ever had where their tight ends were their were their two biggest weapons so uh you know that is i it's it's, it's a recipe that works for New England.
0: the weirdest um, part is their third biggest name is probably mac jones after that meme of him walking at the nfl draft so that's probably why he's starting now is because he is your big name guy now
1: exactly yeah so and then obviously like you said the defense uh their defensive line maybe the the central part of the defensive line could use some work uh, it's okay because you have linebackers behind him that will make all the tackles. You have safeties that aren't afraid to come down and hit somebody. McCourty still a fantastic safety will come down and stick his nose in whether you want him to or not. I'd much prefer prefer him playing center field, but you know what? He chooses to. So I'll let him go make tackles. Um, but like, as always, Bill Belichick will get this, this defense rolling in the offense. It's a timing offense. Now it's purely a timing offense. If you're going to beat them, you're going to have to knock them off their timing and good luck with that because it's a very simple hand it off, get ahead of the chains, timing pass, timing pass, or another run. If it's a short yardage situation, it's, it's that simple. I mean, it's it's about as simple as offensive football as you can imagine, and it's going to work for them. So, exactly. Nine and eight is where I have the Patriots finishing third in their division, but still making the playoffs because of the magic that is the wild card.
0: How ironic is that, that you have them winning nine games to make and I have them winning 10 and missing, it? that's amazing how that works out.
1: Exactly. But number two, Sec- securely, securely in the playoff picture, a team that I was very high on last season. And maybe I was just a step ahead because of the rotational quarterback situation and Tua not really figuring out himself soon enough. I do think he does figure himself out a little more this year. They get one, they fin- yeah, one more win than last year. What I projected last year, they ended up 11 and six this year, finished second in the division. And this time they will go to the playoffs as the number one wild card team. But this team is just fantastic to look at. I mean, you, you talk about all the young talent they have, they have the absolute fastest receiver in the draft. I mean, Jalen Waddell is hands down the fastest receiver in the draft. He might be top five fastest in the league. Yeah. Like he, yeah, he really, I mean, honestly, he didn't run a 40 with a, and he still had a steel plate in his foot. And he was still burning people with a steel plate in his foot, fresh off of surgery during a an national championship game. And like, that's, that's just by itself. I mean, he was already burning people before that and with ease. Um, so he's, he's a much talented wide receiver. I do wish that maybe they had gone Devonte Smith for Miami because I just love that match. I love that combination a little more with Tua. We, we all remember their, their connection back in the national championship game that literally made Tua a household name. Devonte Smith was the receiver that got that touchdown pass. <laughs> so let's not forget. I, I do wish that had been the case, uh, but Jalen Waddle. I mean, you look, you talk about give me an option between 1A and 1B. Those would have been it for, for exactly. going to Miami. So. Exactly,
0: and it's not like – and at the same time, it would have been fun to get Devontae Smith because he's different than Will Fuller as far as a burner, whereas Jalen Smith and him are both – or Jalen Waddle and him are both burners. But now maybe they're going to be like, you know what, Tua? We're going to let you just go bombs away. Nothing under 25 yards. We're going Al Davis offense with these two guys on the outside. Good luck, everybody else. And if it's covered, just throw it to Devontae Parker, 6'4", self, over the middle. So I, I hope they go bombs away this year. That would be really
1: fun. I'm glad you mentioned Devontae Parker because when you want to talk about a slant boy, Devontae Parker, that man better not run anything but curls, slants, and an occasional back shoulder throw or just a jump ball in the end zone because he won't have to do anything else. And he could be a number one receiver getting 10-plus touchdowns just running those four routes, and he will be fantastic. And honestly, Jalen Waddle is so fast and so skilled. Put him in the slot and let him run a slant from the slot. Nobody's keeping up with him. He will he will be across the line and let him run a, let him run a drag route either even he will be across the line into the third pocket before Tua hits the 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 drop the, his third three step drop I mean he's that fast he's that good and there's nobody gonna keep up with him once he catches the ball and turns up field so uh, the Miami Dolphins obviously a very successful team and you mentioned all the secondary uh, weapons uh, again this is a team where the defensive line is probably my biggest worry for him but oh no <laughs> you'll be okay.
0: you'll be okay with they're like five deep in the secondary they're cool they'll be fine
1: yeah exactly I mean honestly you you could have three starting lineups from just their 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 cornerbacks alone I mean three all all the six cornerbacks that could that will probably play major time could start anywhere and that's and that's not including Xavier Howard who I think is a one of the best corners if not the best corner in the league right exactly. now so i
0: didn't even mention javon hall and the rookie safety that got out of oregon too who could play in the slot too. another versatile defensive secondary weapon they could line him up anywhere they could do Brett flores is gonna have a whole lot of fun with just that secondary he's like, all right front seven go hit a guy we're gonna get creative back here
1: yeah absolutely and then that brings me to number one nobody circles the wagons quite like the buffalo bills and that means well yeah you guessed it time to I jump in some tables he is he's is gonna be fantastic uh, everything about this offense you mentioned the running back core i want to see a running back successfully run for a thousand yards for this bills team i no longer want to see these 20 yard games out of bills running backs give me at least an 800 yard gainer this year if i can get an 800 yard rusher this year for the bills this team is easily going to reach the 13 and four record if not even higher than i haven't projected Uh, They could easily, I don't have them as the number one seed in the AFC because I worry about their running game. And that is the only worry I have about this entire Buffalo Bills team. I mean, you talk about their offensive line. Fantastic. They have a stalwart left tackle in Deion Dawkins that nobody talks about. And he is a fantastic left tackle out of Temple of all places. I mean, you're going to talk about people just don't really think about it. Well, there you go. Feliciano as a guard. Nobody talks about Feliciano as a guard, but he's a fantastic guard. He's been a pro for almost 10 years now. Just fantastic. And then you got Josh Allen. His step last season was fantastic. alone. he deserved, he deserved MVP considerations. Definitely not the MVP, but MVP Mm -hmm. considerations. It wouldn't surprise me if this year, maybe he, you know, might sneak in there for an MVP case for himself.
0: Oh, potential Um, spoiler alert over there.
1: uh, You know, maybe a little spoiler (laughs) alert. We'll see. We'll see. I don't, uh, you know, I'm not going to give anything away yet. But, uh, you know, it's possible that he might be a finalist for an MVP award or at least an Offensive Player of the Year award. Um, but you talk about, you know, bringing Emmanuel Sanders in, that professionalism. We already talked about what Stephon Diggs brought in last year and how much that helped the team. <laughs> now you bring in a true co- consummate professional and Emmanuel Sanders, a guy who literally saw his career going down the drain in Pittsburgh, left Pittsburgh, and then became a number one target everywhere else he visited, <laughs> like just that fast. He was going down the drain in Pittsburgh because they just wouldn't throw him the ball and then you went to a, a new new environment started to see catching passes and the next thing you know Emmanuel Sanders is the guy. People are looking at as we want to throw the ball to that guy in crunch time that's our guy and then Gabriel Davis is still a fantastic weapon he is still six foot three six foot four coming out of a usually a slot position too so it's like. I don't, not a guy I want to guard as if I'm a slot corner or, and he's fast enough to burn. If they put a, uh, put a linebacker on him to get a bigger body on him, he's fast enough to burn a, a linebacker and he has good hands. And you know, you mentioned Cole Beasley. I don't know how Cole Beasley does it. I'm sure he's a magician. I'm sure it has to do with his lack of a COVID vaccination at this point in time, but somehow this man just gets open at the first down marker without, without a problem. The man never gets like, nobody can cover the man. It's, it is, freaky it's scary he's a magician i don't know if he just smells bad and nobody wants to get close to him i don't know what it is but there's some reason nobody guards cole beasley at the sticks and i it, it shocks me because everybody knows that's the man they're gonna throw the ball to you know who never, nobody ever guards the man they throw the ball to in cole beasley and he just catches first down he gets up and he does this little stupid point for first down and then he walks back to the walks back to the to the to the, to the huddle and he, he does the same thing next next third down it's like come on, man, you know what's happening and you can't even do anything about it. Like it's shocking to me. So I haven't even gotten to the defense and just real quick about the defense. I love everything you said about Gregory Russo and Basham defense, young rookies defensively, fantastic, super excited about both of them. I love what Gregory Russo is going to bring off the edge. I think he's going to look fantastic. He's been looking fantastic all camp, Uh, Basham, uh, the dude's creepy good stellar like really athletic for a big guy like he's much bigger than gregory russo as far as size goes but not height and he is just still as explosive it's it's creepy um yeah and then you talk i mean matt milano jermaine edwins you literally have a tree in the middle linebacker position and then you have a guy in matt milano who is just sneaky fast over here he's your paul post but faster as as middle linebacker like you're not getting past those guys you know, and then your secondary, Micah Hyde, unsung hero. I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. He has been an absolute pain in everybody's rear the last couple of seasons. So, yeah, I think there's a lot to look forward to for this Bills team. So give me 13-4 and four for the Bills taking off the AFCs here in this one.
0: Okay, very nice. I like it. So we're both pretty high on the Buffalo Bills and the Dolphins, it sounds like, as well, too, with the Patriots. There but not there yet, basically.
1: Exactly, yeah. So that'll do it for this one, guys. AFC East is in the books. That means we have all of our divisions done. I guess what that means left. We got our playoff breakdown coming up. Playoffs? Yeah, the playoffs. We're going playoffs, boys and girls. Uh, the playoffs are coming up in the next episode, so be sure to stay tuned for that. If you guys are checking us out on the Unhinged Radio, brought, powered up by Belly of Sports, coming up next will be Craft Brood Sports. Fantastic listening to them on every Thursday, Thursday, because don't forget we got two drunk brothers coming up a little bit later on as well. So be sure to stay tuned on that as well. If you guys are catching us on Spreaker or any other on-demand site, be sure to check out all our previous episodes. That way you know all of our predictions getting ready for the playoff breakdown coming next week. So be sure to stay tuned for that. And after we do the playoff breakdown, guess what else we get to do? We get to do awards. And no better time than to do awards. Because the season will be starting the day of our playoff release episode. So double duty. I mean, is there a better time of the year?
0: it's it's fantastic i can't wait we just got to get through this final stretch now we're so close and yet so far but i can't wait it's going to be a great season a whole lot of fun things to come both for us and across the network as well too so definitely stick around for those two you won't want to miss what's to come
1: absolutely so guys as always for dj i'm kelsey and until next time we will see